This is the Championship Club Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Championship Clubs Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Hancock. Uh, we're back after our recent State of the Game pod to talk all things rugby. Uh, plenty going on in the game. Uh, some massive, massive news coming out of the game in recent weeks. No, it's not Lewis Reese Samick going to the NFL. It's Charlie Beckett. He's back in the championship again, and he's signed for Doncaster Knights. Charlie, welcome back. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm doing my best Ash Ketchum impression. And while he's trying to catch all the Pokemon, I'm trying to catch every single championship club. And I am doing pretty well at the moment. Uh, trying to hunt down Ben Gulliver for more as well. Um, no, really, really excited to be up at Doncaster. Uh, as I said, when I came back from Australia, the opportunity Ealing to go there on injury cover. Uh, came pretty much out of the blue, and that was a great, great experience. Uh, selfishly, all the second rows there got fit, which was great for them, but less great for me and my time there. So that ended just before Christmas. And I think while I've been playing semi-professional and spinning a few plates and juggling some other career things over the last few seasons, I think coming back to Ealing, back to full-time for the first time in three years, really made me realise that it's the best job in the world. Like, I don't want to miss out on that. I want to be a full-time rugby player for as long as I can. And I'm fortunate enough that people are silly enough to want to pay me to play rugby full-time. So I'd spoke to Bodes on and off uh, a few times over the last 12, 24 months or so uh, for a number of reasons, rugby and personal reasons. It it hadn't ne- it'd never been the right time. Uh, there'd been a few changes in my personal circumstances recently, which meant I can afford to be away from home in Cheltenham uh, a little more often. So I'm up in Doncaster three or four nights a week now. So that that is doable now where it hadn't been in the past. So for a number of reasons, the stars aligned and it, it became the right time for me to uh, join Doncaster, which is a club I've obviously played against a lot of times. It's one of the stalwarts of the championship always in that top four or five in the league. So really excited to be up there. And it's such an exciting time to go and play when I think as uh, we'll speak about more later in the show, there's a real title race on at the moment and there's four or five, six clubs all vying for it. So hopefully I can get in the thick of it ASAP. Obviously uh, the previous pod, like I said earlier, was... Uh... The state of the game pod with Simon Cohen. I know you've listened to that back. Really intriguing, insightful comments from from someone you know who's been at the top of the game for such a long time with Leicester Tigers, the ex CEO there. I just I get your comments, really, mate, on the, on what you thought from uh, from what you listened to. Yeah, I think as you say, a man who's been at the absolute top of the game on the business side of things in the boardroom, away from the pitch, and I think to hear him speak to hear him speak so positively and openly about the championship and the value he sees in it, I think is a massive. Uh, vote of credibility for the league. I think it shows that while maybe some people don't uh, in the boardroom see the the value the, the the championship has, that actually that's not not true for everyone. If, if someone like Simon Cohen sees the value, there'll be other people in those boardrooms, in those higher ups, in the world that we don't live in, who hopefully see the value as well. So as much as Bill Sweeney's been quite vocal of where he doesn't see the value and he's completely entitled his opinion, I think it gives us hope there are other people in there who are hopefully balancing it out and do see the value that we clearly do see in the league as well. So I thought it was incredibly insightful, a big vote of confidence for the league and hopefully hopefully he's not the only person in that world that thinks that way. Yeah, and obviously just before we we came on air, I, I sort of alerted you to uh, comments that Bill Sweeney made at the weekend. Uh, he was at the Cornish Pirates uh, game at Cambridge. It's been buried a little bit. It was it was uh, a piece on BBC Radio Cornwall, so not many people may have heard it. Essentially, uh, and disappointingly, uh, or frustratingly, I should say, it sort of goes against what the, the championship clubs have been saying. It's a little bit of that... Um, rutting of heads uh, if you like a, a, a little bit of a you know 
no meeting in the middle. I think Chris Jones on the BBC podcast, the uh, Rugby Union podcast this week, disappointingly called it tedious. It's certainly not tedious for us. We want to get the right deal. So, uh, you know, you can find, I believe he says it every week, you can find him at chjones9 on uh, on Instagram if you, if you fancy dropping him a little message there. But um, yeah, just uh, an interesting one to see that we're in the middle still, that the RFU and, and Bill Sweeney saying that negotiations are ongoing and, and we are, you know, closing in on, on finding an agreement. I, hopefully we just need to, someone needs to compromise somewhere, basically. Yeah, I think, first of all, it's, it's incredibly disrespectful and quite disappointing for anyone to call it tedious because this is people's livelihoods at stake. Like, I earn my living playing rugby in the championship. I pay my mortgage. I keep my lights on. I put food on the table for my family. By playing the championship, you do exactly the same for yours by working the championship. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of men and women around the league who do those things by working the championship. So it's not tedious to us because right now we don't know how that looks in six months' time. Right now we don't know how our jobs look in six months' time. We don't know if we can keep doing those things. So that that's disappointing to hear from obviously such a high-up journalist in the BBC. When it comes to Bill Sweeney's comments about differing stories from himself and the championship clubs, look, we're not in the rooms. We don't know what's happening. All I'm going to say on it is I really, really hope that things do start to happen because it is now late in the day for us to know how the league looks next season, the season after that. And like I say, there are jobs at stake. Clubs don't know what their budgets are going to be. Supporters can't negotiate yet. Staff don't know what they're on next year. So I just hope, I don't want to, I don't want to talk ill of anyone. I don't do that. I'm done with all that. I just want there to be answers now, really. I just want to know what's happening. And that's where we're all at. We all just want to know what's happening. And we want the absolute best deal for the league that can be sustainable and move forward and be a proper second tier for English rugby. Should we talk rugby now? Please. Please. Okay, we'll, we'll segue on from it just slight, ever so slightly. Just before we actually talk about some of the games, games themselves, we we did talk about, uh, or, or Simon did talk about the sort of commercial element of the league and how important that is. It's great to have Simon Halliday on board. It's great to have Ben Blank on board after his, you know, good work with Heineken and, and seeing what happened with the Heineken Cup over the years and, and how how big that became. Obviously, we saw huge crowds uh, over Christmas, not just because of the New Year, but big fixtures. We saw. A record crowd, I think, at Ampdill against Bedford. We saw a big, a highest Cornish Pirates attendance at home to Hartbury for for four or five years. Coventry sold out a home game. Bedford sold out a home game. You know, the argument has always been that the product is there, and it seems that people are voting with their feet. Yeah, and and obviously, I'm gonna address the elephant in the room that it is skewed by people being home for Christmas, New Year. Yes, of course it is. But you look at any sport, or anything, they get bigger crowds over the festive period. I think the thing that's positive is those crowds, as we go into January, they're not as big as that, of course not, but they're staying up. Like, there was the best part of 2000 at Doncaster at the weekend. Like, I know Bedford will continue to get big crowds. Hopefully at Pirates this week can get another big crowd. Like, like we say, when the, the product is there, when it is marketed, these are the games that people market hard as well. You're home for New Year, you're home for Christmas, come to the game. When we, when we get it out there, when people are talking about it, the product is there, people do want to come and watch it. So it shows that there's the appetite. We just have to find a way to keep giving it to people in a way that they can come and watch. And on the rugby itself, finally, we are getting there now um, in terms of the table. I think we spoke about the frustration of um, the bye weeks and, and uh, those kind of things this season because of obviously because of Jersey dropping out the league. What it has done is created some some drama in the league in terms of uh, positional changes uh, and some jeopardy in, in games in terms of the top, especially. I know you had uh, a big game for, for Bedford on New Year's Day. They had an opportunity to go top. They didn't. Coventry won. They went top. Ealing have gone back to the top since. There's been a lot going on, hasn't there? Yeah, it's a proper, proper title race, it seems. like We've already seen everyone slip up. Everyone's lost. 
Amptil obviously turned us over the weekend. They're, they're good enough on their day to beat anyone. Um, you look at Cambridge getting two losing bonus points against yourselves at Pirates the weekend. You see Coldy getting a try bonus point at Ealing. This league is very, very tight. And Coventry, who before Chris we were speaking about probably having a disappointing first half of the season or first six games, seven games, suddenly found themselves top at Christmas. And yes, I know there was games in hand, etc. But games in hand are only only worth something if you win them. The pressure comes on hugely. You'd always rather be the clubhouse leader. You'd rather be top of the table and the other team have to get that win. So I think we've got a proper, proper title race this year. I think it's massively exciting. We'll move on to uh, the next round of fixtures in a minute. Just a, a little one, obviously, that's been... Uh, a- you know, a big story, I suppose, in the league and, and the, the difficulties that, you know, that the championship clubs face in terms of financially and facilities and that kind of stuff, obviously. Um, terrible news to see uh, the Nottingham game cancelled last week, obviously, due to the flooding. Brilliant to see that they've, you know, they've managed to, to clear that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, if if uh, if anyone listening to this can can take two seconds to to head over to the Nottingham socials and get on the Just Giving page, and if there's anything you can do to to help out, you know, a massive club in the championship, I think they'd be really grateful. And you know, we're all pulling together to to make sure that they've got a you know, sustainable future and can get playing uh, at Lady Bay sometime soon. On to this week, we do have a stack card. Finally, we do have five games. Uh, we'll go through them one by one. We'll make your predictions on socials later on in the week. We'll start with Ampdale against Ealing. That's uh, a bit mouthwatering that, and Amdel got a chance to to back up a big win at, at Castle Park, and you know Ealing a little bit shaky here and there this season, maybe. Yeah, like you look at the side Ealing put out at the weekend, the, the twenty three names on paper are phenomenal, but then Caldy go and score four tries. Yes, they conceded fifty odd points, but you probably wouldn't have said the fifteen names on the Caldy team would put four tries past the fifty on the Ealing side. So there are chances against Ealing. Obviously, I've been at Amdel the last three seasons. Ealing are never ever have an easy day at Amptill. Not many teams do, but every game I've played against Ealing at Amptill, we've been in it at 60 minutes at Amptill. We were in it and then Ealing uh, have each time run away with it at the end. So it's not an easy place to go and it'll be a nerve-wracking day for them like it always is. Um, and this is a different Amptill side this year. They're, this this relationship with Saris has borne a different sort of Amptill. They play a different style of rugby than during my time there. They probably play a wider and more attacking and more exciting to watch at times style of rugby, which I'm not sure what that says about me and the effect I have on clubs, but there you go. Um, so I think this would be a really, really good game and it'll be a fascinating watch, but you're not going to get any predictions from me on here. You've got to, you've got to subscribe on a Friday to the uh, to the actual the actual socials for that. I'm not giving, not giving it away for free here. I'll give it away for free on a Friday instead. Hell of a plug. On to Coldy and Hartbury. Coldy... They're one of those sides, I think we spoke about it earlier on in the season, that will really relish this time of the year, especially at home. You know, slower tracks, um, poor weather, and sort of, you know, potentially taking some scalps. Hartbury haven't played for a little while now as well, so uh, they'll be licking their lips at the prospect of that, and, and Hartbury have, have got it all to do, haven't they? Yeah, as you say, Hartbury haven't played for a, for a good few weeks now, and Coldy, always big crowds on the hill there. It's very open, anyone who's played there, or I, I grew up playing, like I say, like it's always windy, it's always wet, it's a horrible place to go and play rugby. And they, they have a team that plays that. They know how they play and they they play their surroundings. They play their they play their conditions. They play it well. So always a tough place to go and get a win. They'll be over the moon to have got four tries at Ealing. Uh, and I think that'll be a that'll be a, another very good and close game. But Hartbury will be nervous going up there. That is a tough place to go at this time of year. Uh, obviously, Cambridge, uh, the the side that aren't playing this week. We uh, at Cornish Pirates we played them uh, last week. Um, 
up there at the Elger Fields, uh, improved side, another side like Coldy, who I think are going to uh, take some scalps over the next few months. They're off the bottom now with the, that two, lo- two losing bonus points. Sorry. I think they've picked up seven um, so far this season. So they're, they're certainly contributing to games. They're not the whipping boys of the league, uh, as, as many people would predict. And, and often that isn't the case when teams come up from national one, they're going to, they're going to be a difficult ask to go to in the next couple of weeks and months, aren't they? Yeah, they got their first win just before Christmas, didn't they? As successfully predicted by myself, going to plug me. Touche, touche. Um, but no, it was a huge result for them, I think, getting the two bonus points last week against against yourself at Paris. As you say, they keep picking up bonus points. And that, I think that's the brilliant thing about bonus points. I love bonus points. They keep you something to play for, actually. They've got almost two wins worth of bonus points there. So talk me more, Ross, about how I haven't seen too much how that game was last week and then how you boys were preparing for. You've got Nottingham at home this weekend, I believe. Yeah, I think... Obviously, we were aware that they were going to be a difficult task on on Saturday. Just gone, um, you know, in the analysis in the week that looking at their pack, they they drive a lot, um, a very strong more. I think they're actually missing some of the loanies that they've had in. So we potentially, uh, well, we did get a lot of change actually out of the lineup. We did steal a lot of ball. A couple of our lineup options are going well, and, and being in the team of the week, still Barker, Hugh Bokenham's been been excellent since he's come over from Australia. Um, but yeah, we we. Not to be disrespectful, we blew them away for ten minutes in the in the middle of that first half. Got our bonus point, raced away to sort of forty nineteen, uh, and then took a foot off the gas. To be honest, and and it just shows you can't even do that against a you know a side that have been towards the bottom of the table for for you know large parts of the season. I think um, Gavin Cattle said after the game that it wasn't you know wasn't a performance uh, to hang our hat on at all. It really wasn't. Um, but you know, it was at the end of the day for us. It was uh, it was the first game after Christmas. It was blow the cobs, cobwebs out. It was a banana skin, uh, and at the end of the day, you can't really grumble with five away points. Really, to be honest, we went, you know we've moved up to third now with results going the way they did. Um, so yeah, we will take the five points from from last weekend. I think, like I say, Cambridge very much improved from when we when we won by sixty. I think in the Prem Cup up there earlier on in the year, um, and then a very different challenge this weekend against against Nottingham. Obviously. You know the the new entertainers of the league, along with Bedford, obviously, as, as many people will say. You know, scoring some really good tries. They've got a, a pretty lethal back three: Ellis, me, Dave Williams, Cheese, friend of the show. Um, some of the other guys they've got there: Marcus Ramage as well. He's been in team of the week quite a lot. So we're going to be have to have to be on our you know on on guard on on Saturday. But the, at the end of the day, we're you know we're at home. We're always confident at home. The weather's not looking great, so that's usually a, a leveler for a quick side. But that's not not to be taken for granted the, the, the pack are going to have to lay the platform excuse the excuse the cliche but at the end of the day as well we've we've lost more games at home than we have away from home this season so we need to start putting that right uh, a first first home game this calendar year uh, big crowd last time hopefully big crowd saturday and yeah we yeah we we're really ready to get stuck into it um just looking probably at the the fixture of the round i would say most people would probably agree your new boys against your old foes at Bedford Blues. I think Bedford haven't lost, haven't won there since 2012. I'm looking at producer Ryan, the stats man in the in the corner. So that's a long time without a win. They could say they're due one. Yeah. So first of all, just going back to you talking about Nottingham coming down to to you boys this weekend. Nothing, and I mean nothing on this earth will humble your attacking style of play like the Menai in January or February. Nothing will humble you and stop it. So it's a tough task to go down there and play play the style of rugby they'd like to this weekend, uh, Nottingham, especially that weather comes in the way it the way it's being predicted to. Um, yes, 
Um, my new boys, Donny, as you say, massive game this weekend. Um, we've coming off two disappointing results. Uh, Bedford obviously haven't played. Uh, I don't believe, unless I'm going to get this wrong, which would be worrying for me. I don't think they've played since the Coventry game. So they're obviously coming off a disappointing result at home there as well. So two sides eager to get back to winning ways this weekend. Um, huge test. We need to get a win. Like, there's no two ways about it. We've got to get winning. Uh, two poor losses for us in the last two rounds. So we need to get winning. You know what uh, Bedford are going to do. They're going to come and play rugby. They are, I've said it a million times, the best ticket to watch, I think, in England. Like They're a joy to watch. And when I retire, I'll be loving watching Bedford. I hate watching them from the pitch. They're horrible to play against. I spend my life chasing shadows. So it'll be, um, it's going to be a good game. It will be a tough game. Uh, but obviously, this is the one spot I will, will give. I will be predicting a Doncaster win. I, I said this today. The Springboks could roll into Castle Park and I'd be predicting a Doncaster win on our predictions. I am incredibly biased when it comes to my predictions. I will not hide that. This man is definitely not looking at the 24-25 season and another contract. Is he? No chance at all. But Never. Bodes Bo- Bo- will be loving you for that, mate. I'm sure he's loving you in the mall sessions already. But on to the, the final... The final game of, of the of the weekend, well, obviously kick on, kicking off at three o'clock on Saturday, London Scottish against Coventry. I'm just going to throw a little curveball out. A- another thing we haven't touched on or, or spoken about today uh, is the the application for uh, minimum standards criteria for the playoffs at the end of the season and to be into the into the Prem uh, next year. Um, interestingly, I believe uh, comments from Bill Sweeney directly. Um, th- there's talk of relaxing. Uh, the 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 minimum uh, the minimum capacity to five thousand, which would be a big eye opener to a club like Coventry. Fascinating comments from Bill Sweeney. I just think whatever happens, I think we really, as a league, need the playoff at the end of the year. Whoever wins the league, we need them as a league to be able to go and play against what most likely is going to be Newcastle. Like, of course, Spurs played. I'd be shocked if Newcastle don't finish bottom of the Premiership. As big Gloucester fan Ross crossed his fingers because they're the other club in contention down there. Um, I think we need it to see where we're at as a league, to see how competitive we are. Because you know what, if we play them and we get our our um our backside smacks, then you know we're nowhere near, do you? So it's going to be very interesting what happens there. Cov need a win here. It's a tough place to go. The rag it always is. It's never nice weather. I've never played at the rag in good weather ever. The Richmond ecosystem does not like me. So I think, add it to the number of list of things that don't like me in this league. Um, so I think, yeah, it'll be another good game on there. I think the fascinating thing as well, as we go into, there's this last round of Europe this week and the Six Nations, the Premiership clubs don't play for six weeks, I don't think. So the clubs that have these links, the Heartbreeds of this world, the Amptors of this world, the London Scottish of this world, how many dual reg boys are they going to get in these next six weeks? That could have a massive, massive say on what happens in this league. So I think it's a fascinating time in the championship right now. With that in mind, let's hope with no premiership rugby, we get some free-to-air back. There's some cracking fixtures coming up. We'd love to see it back on the on the free-to-air channels ahead of a, hopefully a future uh, commercial deal on the TV. So, yeah, looking looking forward to that. Hold holding our breath, or or maybe not, but we'll see. Charlie, good to have you back on the show. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on the socials uh, Friday to see Charlie's predictions as we head into a, a new round of Championship Rugby, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter.